In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm uh, not a snake, and I'm Evan. I think you said that last week. No, last week I said I'm a non-Newtonian fluid. Oh, look this at that. Week, this week I'm not a snake. There you go. If you're hearing some just some weird audio, we're sorry about that. We're still Ronnie-less, and we don't know how Audacity works, but yeah. we're, we're doing our best. Our waveforms look strange, and I don't know why. I'm just going to live with this. Yeah, we, we spent a while trying to figure it out. But anyway, uh, on to the podcast, because Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows that have only lasted for a single season. We are currently covering A State of Panic while we are without our, our dear Ronnie. But before we get into a state of panic, I want to talk about something else. Oh, yeah? Just real quick. I just want to talk about something real quick. Okay. We didn't do a bit last time because we were Ronnie-less, so uh, this is where you normally do the bit. Yeah. Now I'm excited to see what you've put here. I just want to talk about how proud I am of Lunar Light Studio because we did a, uh, a, a 24-hour live stream for... Uh, uh, I'm forgetting the fucking name of the charity like an asshole, but it was for a queer a queer center in New Jersey, and we raised uh, a, a chunk of money for for the this good good queer center, and I just think it's great. That is great. Yeah, I I, I poked my head into the live stream for like the last two hours. It was very fun, but I mean, literally for 24 hours, we had people. Doing cool shit for a good cause. Doing content. Making content. Content creators, if you will. Yeah, and I think Lunar Light Studio is just rad as hell, and I I really love our mission statement. Good job, dear. Yeah, do you want to say anything about how how we're a cool feminist queer network? We're a cool feminist queer network here (laughs) Yeah. Light Studio. Um... Yeah, it's it's just a great community to be in. We get to we get to chat with other big queer podcasters from all across the country and in some cases across the world. And uh, we get to make some good good queer feminist content for you fine people. Yeah, I think it's real important in a space that is dominated by cis white dudes. To have a network that says we're going to give a platform to marginalized voices. I think that's real cool. It's great that, like, podcasting is one of those platforms that uh, queer people have a lot of opportunities in. We're trying to. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, like, podcasting is so accessible because you can just do it from your house. Yeah, that's very true. You can can just buy a, a cheap little microphone and start producing your own content. Yeah. It's great. It's great. That's real cool. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I had. That was my bit. I'm proud of our network and I'm happy to be on it. Good job, dear. All right. Um, let's talk about, let's this, talk about show. this show. This show. So, um, as I mentioned last time, there's uh, there's not really a plot so much. Nope. Uh, nope. Um, it's a different set of contestants each episode. And uh, the premise is that they're uh, getting locked in a room 
digging through all the weird crap in it to try to find money. Get that shove money. Shove that money in their pants and then get out of the room. There's uh, three rounds and then a final round for the remaining contestant. And uh, each round is a different room with a different theme. All of them are full of money. And at the end, the person who wins gets all the money that everybody collected. There's there's no consolation prizes, which is kind of brutal because it's a pretty rough show. Yeah. Um, as far as reality shows go, it is pretty it is pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah. Like the first person eliminated doesn't even get to keep the like eighty three dollars that they collected or whatever. Um. But yeah, the it's hosted by this tall, slender, creepy man with oily hair uh, and a British accent, and he's the owner of the house, and he forces people to complete strange obstacles for his personal amusement. Um, so why don't we why don't we address the thing we normally address now that we've seen all the episodes in existence? Hey, Andy. Hey, Evan. Is it working for you? This show's so fucking good. <laughs> I love this show very much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, that's no surprise. You you sort of inherently like these uh, reality competition shows, so it does well, not surprise me. I mean, I don't, I don't like any besides Survivor. I love Survivor. This one also happens to just be very good as one of Survivor's bastard children from the early 2000s. Um... Hey Evan. Yeah. Is a uh, is a state of panic working for you? Yeah, it's very entertaining. It's good uh background TV cuz I like just, did a voice. Yeah, yeah, I heard yeah, that. Yeah. I heard you doing that voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great background TV. You can just kind of sit in your living room and fold laundry or whatever and have it on and just be like, look at these look at these douchebags <laughs> kicking each other in the face for money. Look at them go. Um, yeah, so it's, it's good quality entertainment. I would have liked to see many more episodes of this, although I'm not quite sure how they would have continued to make it interesting. Hopefully the budget would have gone up and they would have had increasingly elaborate rooms. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about season two. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's part of our thing that we do. Yep. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk about some of our favorite bits from these three episodes? Because there were some great bits. Uh, yeah, sure. So I think... I think my favorite bit was in the second to last episode. There was this asshole who at the very start, I think his name was like mm. Josh or something. He was Jordan, Jordan, Josh, George. Something. It was something like that. He was like Psh, a bunch of women and one old man. No one here can compete with me. I got this in the bag. And the entire time he was like super aggressive and like pushing people out of his way and like throwing his weight around and he got eliminated second round, second round, like a chump, like a goddamn chump. And it was great. Literally. He was the second person off the show. It was excellent Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. there was a tie and only one person got eliminated in the first room. So it was like he came in second to last place because he did. He came in second to last place. It was great. Fuck that dude. It was very satisfying watching him lose. It was a great palate cleanser also because in the prior one, a huge douchebag had won. Had won, yeah. Yeah. In the prior episode, that guy. I mean, actually, I would argue that he was not quite as big of a douchebag as 
He just weird. looked like a douchebag. He didn't necessarily do or say anything that was douchey. Uh, he had a douchebag air about well, he, his I'm, voice. Like he, he said, I feel, feel not like everyone he, can control our voice though. No, but he, he just like chose his words in such a way where he was like, oh, he, he had a little bit of like that, that bravado too. He had an energy about him. Sure. He had yeah. a douchey energy. He had a douchey energy. And I'm, I'm fairly certain. And again, we were kind of casually watching this. I can't remember any of his exact quotes, but he, he chose some phrases that were douchey. So I'm going to say that it was just to a certain extent deliberate. Um, But yeah, so after seeing that guy win the prior episode and like rooting for him to fail the whole time, seeing this douchebag fail was very And fail so epically. Fail so hard. He got got locked in the room, cucked by his own hubris. (laughs) Second to last place, Uh like an idiot. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, although I was very disappointed that, uh, the, the first round of that episode, the, the woman who said sorry to the snakes got eliminated. We were cheering for her after she apologized to one of the snakes. Yeah. She tipped over a box full of, it had snakes and money in it and she didn't really want to touch the, she was scared of the snakes, but she wasn't like mad about it. She wasn't nasty to the animals. Yeah, like, she she, so she just, like, like, gingerly tipped over the box and, like, knocked the snakes out of it, and she was like, oh, sorry, sorry, snakies, and then she, like, grabbed the money out of it, and I was like, what a good, what a good soul. Yeah. I wish she had won. There was a a housewife who said that uh, this being on the show was the worst thing that's ever happened to her in her entire life. And the earnestness and honesty that she said that with was such a clear indication of white privilege of like, she was like, I was on this game show and it was the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. You were on a a game show for all of six hours. Yeah, it was, (laughs) that was probably the wildest thing that was said on the entire show. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, be- I 100% believed her that that game show was the worst thing that's ever happened to her. Yeah, I bet it was. Um, cool rooms. What were some cool rooms? I was going to say, one of my favorite bits was uh, in the, the last episode, which we accidentally watched too early, but don't worry about it. Um, in the last episode, the last uh, like round, the last like elimination round of the last episode... Uh, there was a, a graveyard that they had to dig through and it was like covered in like electric fencing and creepy uh, tombs. Yeah, and creepy tombs. And there was bones. Yeah, there was one that was like a casket and when you opened the casket, it led down into a pit and you had to like climb down into the pit and then find a way to climb back out. Um, and this one woman opened this uh casket and was like sort of like trying to get down in there with help she asked the dude for help too they, okay. they did it together yeah but anyway then the the dude just like jumped in there ahead of her and started like scooping up everything just like grabbing everything hand over bare fist, claw yeah. arms and she was like okay fuck you then and she just closed the coffin on top of him and locked it yeah and it was like it was just high enough that he couldn't like hammer his way out with his fist because he had to like jump to like reach the the lid and he was trapped in there for a good long time and it was just very satisfying and and she was just running around getting money yeah oh yeah that was that was 
superb. That was great reality TV. Yeah. Um, she did not ultimately win, unfortunately. Uh, I think that guy was actually my favorite winner. Uh, except for maybe, like, the Golden Retriever boy who, like, went back and helped that woman in the muck last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that that kind of tiny, I don't know how to describe him, but, like, he had a pizzazz. Like, he kind of, like, gave it back to the host a little bit and, like, he, he, he understood the campiness of the show he was on and kind of, like, went with it. It was very good. Oh, there was that one woman who was just giving really good commentary in uh, episode four, I believe. I loved the flooding room. Oh, the, the trophy room? Yeah, the, the, the room where the dirty water just started pouring out of all of the walls mm-hmm. and was, like, epically, like, knocking things off the walls and onto the contestants and, like, picture frames were breaking on people and it was another just indication that this show is not entirely the safest. Yeah. That was one of the rooms where some animals definitely got hurt because there were snakes in there and they just like the snakes were just swimming around, but people were just chucking them. Yeah. People were just grabbing the snakes and throwing them. And I felt very bad. Um, Still really fucking cool though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we did get, we did get some of our wishes. Uh, I, I do recall asking for them to just use some like gross shit instead of like live animals. And we got that. There was a, a rotting meat meat room, a meat cellar that was just like gross dead meat thing. And that one was dark. Uh, like they turned off all the lights and they, um, they did a really cruel thing in that they packed some of the like bags with newspaper so that it felt like money and lettuce. Oh, and lettuce. Yeah. Yeah. And so they, they packed some of these bags in this dark room with stuff that sort of felt like money so that when people grabbed it and like shoved it in their shirt, they thought they had money, but it turned out it was just garbage. Um, and then that was very mean. Yeah. And then we had uh, a sewer this time. Uh, we had, uh, like, some kind of tunnels before. We had, like, a, a gopher hole. The tunnels uh, weren't, to me, all that scary. I thought the sewer would have freaked me out. Yeah, the sewer kept filling with water. Yeah. So, like, that seems like it plays on a, an intersection of claustrophobia and fear of drowning that you would very seldom encounter in real life. That seemed like it would be very scary. But yeah, so we got some uh, some fear factor style gross shit where people had to dig through intestines and poop. (laughs) I mean, presumably not real poop, but the premise was it was a sewer and they kept saying that it smelled bad and stuff. Uh, There was a weird clown room. That one I didn't love. I didn't think it was all that like scary like they didn't dive into the theme enough the giant mega balloons that kept filling and filling and filling hilariously large and then exploding with confetti seems like they could have done a lot with that in order to like confuse and disorient and like play into this weird clown thing 
but they didn't they didn't go for broke. So there was there was a shred of a good idea there that they didn't play up enough. I think it must have been a lot more alarming and disorienting if you were actually there because of course they like adjusted the audio levels and stuff like in post. Yeah. But those balloons were huge they were and they massive. must have been so loud when they popped that I imagine it was a little bit like that that water torture thing where you're just like you're just so like you're flinching before the next one even pops because there's just like no way to escape that like extremely loud popping and the confetti spray everywhere because they should have had balloons. they should have had flashing lights or something too though that would have been rad mm-hmm. felt with strobe lights uh that was the room where the uh the stay at home mom or whatever was like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me and i was like but really the confetti room the clown room the, the, the there weren't even any clowns. There was there was one fake clown sitting there. It didn't even move. Come on. The graveyard. Can we talk about things we didn't like? Yeah. Okay. You're in charge now. I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know what to do without Ronnie here. Okay. We're going to talk about things we didn't like. Thank you. Thank you for leading us into that. You're welcome. I was lost without you. Um... I'm uh, I'm wearing the pants in this relationship sure, now. Okay, sure. Yup, I'm um, in charge. So, uh, like, in the graveyard scene, there were dogs on chains, but they weren't near the people. That was very pointless. They were trying to introduce some kind of element of scariness with the dogs, but of course they, they would risk hurting the snakes, but they weren't going to risk hurting the dogs. So they didn't put the dogs anywhere near the people. They were just kind of off in the corner barking loudly. They they, they showed them for like the commercial breaks as you came back. Like, look, they're scary dogs. But uh, I just wanted to pet those good, good boys. Yeah. Well, I just kind of thought it was pointless, I guess. I, I, I want, I wanted more of a spooky magical element to it. Like, okay, this guy, this weirdo bizarre guy has... Like this graveyard at his house. Yeah, there was. They could have dived so much more into the graveyard. They went like, far so far as to have a graveyard. Fill it with some fucking occult shit, and put like a fucking demon somewhere. You can do it. You had an Egyptian room, like, and Just no cursed objects. A demon, yeah. I guess, and, well, and like they played I, up the fact that the the mummy was having its revenge by filling it with sand. Like he even said, like, "Oh, you've angered the gods by looting this grave." But like, not not enough. Like, if you can do it with the mummy room, why not with the graveyard? Yeah, I was about to point out. I think they tried to kind of do that with the mummy room because it was only after they started breaking shit, and then the narration was like, "Oh, you angered the." you're not respecting the dead and then yeah um the sand clearly didn't quite work the way they intended because uh there was this there's several sort of mini games where the guy will tell you you have to find a specific thing and it's worth more money like a painting the, the trash compactor 
there was a mask in there. Did we talk about the trash compactor? We did though? not. We forgot. Oh, about the we trash forgot compactor. about the trash compactor. There was okay. a s- trash compactor. There was a star a, a Star Wars ass trash compactor. That was great. Should have I, had a Diagona, but still, still yeah, good. Yeah, like, and I went when I say Star Wars ass trash compactor, it was literally a room full of trash, and the walls started closing in from either side to smush them in the trash. It was straight ripped from Star Wars, and I loved it. They couldn't make it sci-fi themed, obviously. That would be too direct. But um, that was a great room. Not that creative, but very fun to watch. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so in that one, there was like a mask they had to find, and that one, whoever found it got like an extra thousand dollars or whatever. And they did a different version of that in the mummy room with rubies. And he said, for every ruby you find, it's worth an additional $200. It's like a video game, you know. But, like, not a single person found a ruby. And the narration had to explain, like, oh, well, the sand has covered all the rubies by now. Oops. I couldn't believe that people, like, no one seemed to be digging through the sand at any point to find money. Yeah. They just were like, oh, there's sand on the floor now, like, just searching uh, above the sand for money. And it's like, yeah, there's stuff down there. I thought that, too, because, like, the sand was, like, coming in through, you know, tubes or whatever in the ceiling. Mm -hmm. And it it was piling directly on certain things, like a chair was covered in sand. You could have just kicked over the chair and looked in the cushion, you know. They were so distracted, I guess, but it seemed rather obvious to me as yeah. a viewer. Yeah, it was disappointing. They didn't find any rubies. So clearly they didn't playtest these rooms as much as they could have. Mm-hmm. I imagine they were so complex to engineer that once you set it up you didn't want to run through a trial run yeah people people be trashing these rooms (laughs) that's the best part about this show is like uh there was like money in the dolls and clearly like you were supposed to like work your fingers and hand in and people are just like bashing the dolls yeah like one a doll had a missing leg and you could see the money just sort of sticking out of the leg hole and in rather than people are just fucking ripping yeah toy boats apart to get mm-hmm. to money and they're just smashing chairs. I couldn't believe no one ripped open that clown. Did they not at any point? I, I, eventually they like stripped it to get, like there was money in its clothes, but like oh, my there was first for sure money in that in, soft inside, clown body. Yeah, that pillowy clown body. My first instinct would have been like, alright, I'm ripping that motherfucker open. They avoided the clown for a very long time in that room. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. There was uh, one girl in the clown room who kept, like, grabbing confetti and shoving it in her bra, and she was like, there's probably money in it, and I'm like, you dum-dum, you're taking up so much room in your shirt with all this confetti. What else? What else was really good? I mean, there was was so much good stuff. It's a great show. Guys, this is a a very good show. It's very good. We watch a lot of bad shows on Ending Pending. This shit was very good. Yeah. Well, I mean, the great thing about it is, like, you don't have to invest anything in it. No, it's very dumb. It's so dumb. It's very dumb. It's very soothing. When you come home from a a rough day at work and you just need to watch some dum-dums make fools of themselves, this is a great show. I do have another complaint. Uh, the The very 
end, like the very last challenge is always the same like lockbox room. Mm -hmm. And watching that six times got old. They tried to mix it up by putting different restraints on the people in the lockbox room. And like, I, I get that they can't like build a whole new set each time or something, but give us something more interesting. I would have loved to see, so maybe the final round is you have to physically escape the house. Maybe there's like an obstacle course you have to do and you have to carry your bag of cash with you and any money you drop out of the bag of cash is gone forever and you can pick up more money along the way and like you've got a fixed amount of time to get through this obstacle course on the grounds like hedges and shit and when you're done with that then you've escaped with your money i love that i think that's a great idea uh i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna toss another one at you though okay you have to fight the old man <laughs> he's not you oh, have you to mean the butler yes you have to fight <laughs> the 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 mute butler how do you how do you game showify that though you you fucking fight him Okay, I'm proposing just like a survivor situation no, where they no, build yours, an obstacle course. Yours is very good. I, I I agree that it's I would I would I would love that. I think that would be that would have more replay value than the same uh little like safety deposit box room. But what I'm saying is you have to fight the old man. And if you are morally bankrupt enough to beat the shit out of this sad old man you can keep your money is he a sad old man or is he some kind of ghoul he might be a ghoul that's that's the dilemma that is uh Chekhov's dilemma is do you, do you Chek- wait Chekhov's, Chekhov's dilemma is it Chekhov it's Chekhov's gun yeah but the 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 gun in Chekhov's dilemma is do you shoot this sad old man or is it a ghoul it's like the thing with the trolley. That's not what Chekhov's gun is. Do you hit the button on the trolley and run over the ghoul, or do you save <laughs> That's not the children who are tied there, but they might also be ghouls? The principles you're describing are unrelated. Chekhov's gun is the, just, the ghoul is always half storytelling. <laughs> okay. They introduced the ghoul in the first episode, but if he doesn't pay off by the final episode, it's a it's a Chekhov's gun dilemma. You're saying if they put a character in a show who and you may or may not be a ghoul, and you don't beat the shit out of him by the end <laughs> of the show, then that's not a character payoff. Yeah, it's and it, when I say you, I mean you, the viewer. Yes, <laughs> have to beat the shit out of the every character. everyone who's ever watched a state of panic has to fight the ghoul man inside every there are two ghouls inside each of us one is one is howling one one only tells the truth and one can only lie it's the it's the kobayashi maru of game shows is what i'm getting at here is you have to fight the ghoul and for for the listeners at home who aren't sure what the ghoul is it's capitalism <laughs> we've made a a loop we've come back we've Money. <laughs> Money. So that was my idea to make the show better, was uh, A State of Panic Season 2. I have a couple ideas, but my, my number one idea is it has to be sad millennials with student debt. And 
every every dollar bill is x percent x percentage off their student debt that's my idea for a state of panic season two um we were discussing this with our housemate as we were watching the the like student get debt forgiveness scheme i love it season two the problem with that though is that if you're truly desperate and college students with student loan debt are just fairly desperate. It needs to be people who have been living with that debt for a while, though. It can't be people who are still in college. It has to be people who have left bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, ready to pay off their debt, and then found out there were also no jobs. Um, they would start murdering each other is the problem. It would turn full Battle Royale Hunger Games in there. I'm into it. Okay, well, in that sense, we've just brought back gladiatorial combat is all we've done. And yeah, some Lord shot. of the Flies shit. Yeah. I'm just saying that uh, an eccentric rich man who's like, yes, I've turned my house into a murder maze. Get rid of your More student... Like an, an inconvenience get, maze. Get rid, of your, uh, get rid of your student debt in my murder maze. Uh, sounds like a, a, a crazy... That seems where America's going, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, that's... Any minute now, that's going to be a game show. Murder each that is, other. That Murder is, each other to forgive a small portion of your student loan debt. Go. That is the purest form of capitalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, my other my other idea for season two is totally change up the themes. So, uh, season two of A State of Panic takes place on a spaceship. And all of the rooms are like spaceship theme. And season season three can be, uh, I don't fucking know, like uh, like like you're you're in Atlantis or something. <laughs> There's some spooky sharks and maybe like a, a squid, a squid, a big squid, a haunted shark, and a skeleton. Well, well, squid. Well, like no, don't have bones, but we have to invent a bone. No, no, you misunderstand me. It's no longer haunted. Okay. Like season season two is in space. Okay. And the ship is. Falling apart or something. I don't know. It's it's still scary, but it's not haunted scary. So it's like that Friday the Thirteenth movie. In I don't space. I don't watch scary movies. Um, Netflix and Kill. Listen to the podcast. It's great. Season three is is underwater themed now. Season season four is spooky again, but this time it's a different type of spooky than season one was. Like. They, they they halfway dipped their toe into some weird room ideas that don't at all fit their theme, like the ice room and the uh to some degree I felt like the trash compactor wasn't really on brand. Mm-hmm. The Egyptian room not really on brand for the season as a whole. There were some rooms that really didn't make sense and fit. So just like toss out a whole new idea theme wise for season two and into the future. Um, for season two, I would love to see, uh, more stages to the rooms, more like an escape room game. You've unlocked this portion, now go to this one. Yeah, yeah. Same room. So, like, Legends of the Hidden Temple-ish, where they have to go through different segments, and they can, you know, help each other. God, this show needed fucking Temple Guardians so badly. Yeah. Fucking Uh, werewolf. Just the werewolf tackles you. Yeah. You're out now. Yep. Um, but yeah, some kind of route for them to take 
through the, like, and the tunnels, there were two segments with tunnels, and they kind of, they just brushed up against that idea, mm-hmm. where they weren't quite sure the layout of the tunnels, and they were all moving separately through the tunnels, and didn't know where the exit was, and they were crossing paths with each other, and finding different areas, so that, but bigger and more. Yeah, like if you were actually exploring the house mm-hmm. and and hallways and rooms in the house were trapped instead of just being locked in one room. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. That'd be rad. Um, yeah, maybe the reason the show didn't succeed is just because things like Betrayal, the tabletop game, did it better. <laughs> Yeah. For cheaper. You should have been able to find objects to help you too. Like that dude had the slippers and he didn't even put them on. Yeah. But like, here's well, an. That was just dumb on his part. Here's an axe though. Use it to bash your way through a wall or an opponent. Gotta get rid of that student debt somehow. Shit, okay. That one That's lady they- was walking around with a pickaxe in the graveyard. She found that pickaxe and would not put it down. Uh, yeah, that that is very unsafe. Yeah. Like, even if she had no malicious intent, she could have just, like, tripped and fallen on that thing. It's a real pickaxe. I'll still never get over the dude just smashing the fucking, like, statue. <laughs> just, like, taking two statues together and bashing them together. Oh, this show's great. Have we said how great this show is? It's very, very fun. Um, yeah, you can buy it on Amazon. I recommend it. It's worth watching. It's yeah. it, it, it's it's worth the the forty five minutes of your life to watch an episode. Capitalism's terrible. <laughs> I think that's the real uh, that's the real moral of the story. I like the host. The host is good. He's uh he's 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 kind of awkward, but in in uh, in a kind of good way. Yeah, he's not quite like suave enough to fully pull it off. And that's one of those things, like we were saying last episode, where you see the cracks and the seams and the duct tape a little bit. It's true of the host, too. The host, don't get me wrong, I love him. He's great. He's a ton of fun. But clearly he's just a dude. He's they, not sexy enough. Yeah, really. he's not sexy enough to be, like, like some kind of a vampire-like host. He's not, like, a, a vampire the masquerade LARPer or something. And he's not, like... The Monopoly Man, you know, he's he's a little bit, he's a little bit watered down versions well, of both of those things mashed together. That's my biggest problem with the character that the host is playing is literally sometimes he is a vampire mm-hmm. and literally sometimes he's just a crazy person who's very wealthy who is like, what else can I do with my money other than booby-trap it and make you suffer for it? And it's like, yeah, but are you a vampire or are you just like a really eccentric rich dude? Because there's there's ticks in both columns here and I I want to know. I need to, I, I, I need to know. Where did you come from? What's your backstory? And is your butler a ghoul man and do I have to fight him? Because <laughs> I will. I will fight this old man. I think Andy just wants to punch the shit out of a butler. <laughs> I've always wanted to punch the shit out of a butler. Speaking of punching the shit out of butlers, did you see the trailer for fucking Alfred the TV show? I didn't even know that was a thing. They're was. making a young Alfred TV show where he is 
like a badass and like Why, a secret though? agent. Why? And, and it's it, it's very bizarre. I don't understand it. Who's the audience for this? Um, what else can we say? I'd be such a good game show contestant. You would. You'd be great. I'm smart and You're also very clever. I don't. They probably want people who make bad decisions on game shows, though. To be honest, it's better TV. It is better TV. Yeah, we should apply for Survivor together, babe. We would destroy. We would. I would be the strategic intelligence, and you would be the social intelligence. We'd knock it out of the park together. I think if you and I did a gem fusion for Survivor, we would be Richard Hatch. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, because. Because I am... Uh, Clever and good at puzzles, and I'm, I'm... Yeah, I'm cold and cynical and good at puzzles, and you're just just impossibly charming. I'm very charming. Yeah. And uh, pretty comfortable with nudity. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a very important part of, uh, of being Richard Hatch. Yeah, yeah. Being very tall and very naked all the time. And I hate the IRS. <laughs> That's true. Uh... We never did an ad break. We're sorry, Ronnie. Oh, yeah, we didn't. Oh, we keep pecking up. Yeah, let's do it right here. Ad break! Hi, Ray and Marvel. Hey, Marvel. Hello! So, I've been watching this great anime that I wanted to talk to you about. What is Ooh. it called? It's called Yu-Gi-Oh! And we've already been talking about it on the Deck of Friendship podcast. Oh, you mean the podcast we do about game-based friendship animes? Yeah, where the first season we're covering Yu-Gi-Oh! Season 1 and we'll move on to sh- series like Bakugan and Digimon and Fighting Foodons and Dinosaur King and all sorts of other anime that focus on friendship as a core theme and are based on a physical game. It's a, wi- it's a wild concept for a podcast and th- we're doing it. Yeah, and we talk about those themes and how they pertain to these games and how you should use friendship and working together to overcome obstacles. Not only do we cover important aspects of the shows themselves like friendship, togetherness, socialism, and more, but we also get to the important questions. What happened to Grandpa? Is the heart of the cards cheating? What would your Millennium item be? So you want us to make our own Millennium items. Mine is the Millennium Estrogen. (laughs) (laughs) oh you win legit answer i would either want like a millennium piercing or a millennium tattoo Ooh. now this might inform you a lot about me as a person but i'd like a millennium fork (laughs) somehow ray somehow i knew i knew it doesn't do what you think it does, is the thing. Oh, so it's like a tuning fork. Yeah, Ooh. I need to figure out the details and where the eye goes, because every Millennium item has an mm-hmm, eye somewhere, mm-hmm. right? Is that a thing? I think well, now so. Well, I feel like I got a short, the short end of the stick since I picked a Millennium copy of Scorpion King 2 Rise of the Warrior specifically on Blu-ray. <laughs> Hey, there's a bunch of uses for that one. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of power in that disc. Whoever watches it, their soul gets sucked into the video, and they have to live that movie. <laughs> this is getting this is getting deep. wild. A little bit. So where where can this podcast be found? Deck of Friendship can be found on the Lunar Light Studio Network, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, or in the Shadow Realm, or in the Shadow Realm. <laughs> 
Welcome back to Ending Pending. I'm Not your host, Andy. You already did the intro. We're at the end of the show. Oh, this is the end of the this show. Is the end of the show. Fuck. I'm going to have to do some real Frankensteining to make this workable. No, it'll be fine. Just have it at the end. We can have an ad break at the end. Who? What god decreed upon stone tablets that an ad break has to happen in the middle of a podcast episode? I you mean, know usually what god the advertisers, usually. And murder your gods. Murder them all. Please do not murder. Tear down your Asherah poles. Please do not murder Lunar Light Studio or well, Trans no, Artists of the Day or any of our other sponsors. We don't, it's just our friends on their podcasts right now. But, um, yeah, the ad break was at the end, and it's okay. All right. Well, here we are. Here we I are at Ronnie the end. comes back soon. We miss him. We miss him so much. Also, he does so much more work than we do. He does do all of the work. Yeah. He's the best. Yeah. I'm sorry, Ronnie. I'm bad at stuff. We're I trying. Try very hard. And by we, I mostly mean Evan. It's, it's all been I Evan. tried so hard. I, I did so much edit. I edited so many things. All right. Let's wrap this puppy up. I looked up the socials this time to make Ronnie proud of me. I have them open in tabs. All right. Uh, what's our first one? Um, our website is endingpending.com. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash pendingpod. Or you can just search ending pending in your little search bar. Um, our Twitter is at pendingpod. And you can send us an email. Uh, is it pendingpod at gmail.com? Yeah. Yes, pendingpod at gmail.com. I'm sorry, that's Fuck the only yeah. one that didn't come up when I looked it up on our website. Pendingpod at gmail.com. And you know what? We also are part of the Lunar Light Patreon, and it's Pride Month, so give the gays your money. Yeah, you are. it's illegal to not give your money directly to a queer person because it's pride month so give it to us and interact with us on the uh on the discord we're we're on the lunar light discord all the time hanging out and uh anything anything else that we were supposed to talk about um that's everything right i think so God, I miss Ronnie. I miss you so much, Ronnie. I love you so much. Ronnie, come back home to us. I know you're spending time with your baby, which is important to you or whatever, but we miss you so much, please. Miss you. Where are your babies? Where are your babies? (laughs) (laughs) Help us edit the podcast. It's hard. It's so hard. Gotta remember all those words at the end. Yeah. God. Anywho, uh, don't tell Pawn Shop Lou or whatever. Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.